Hey everyone, this is Jamie Austin, pastor of Woodlake Church. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Woodlake, head on over to woodlake.church and enjoy this message. I want you to turn in your Bibles today to Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 29. I'm thankful for the Word of God. Amen? In 1966, an American POW by the name of Jeremiah Denton was captured by the North Vietnamese. And he was forced into a sham interview. In an effort to control the war narrative, they tried to make him say things and do things that he, 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 he begrudgingly didn't even go along with. He tried to, tried to be rebellious as much as he could. But in the middle of this sham interview where they were trying to, to, to present a message, somebody noticed that he was blinking incessantly with his eyes. Until finally someone realized that he was blinking in Morse code. So while the enemy was trying to get him to say one thing, with his eyes he was trying to communicate something else. And one thing he was trying to communicate was this. He, he in Morse code, blinked the word torture to let an unsuspecting world know that American POWs were, in fact, being tortured. When you go to Luke chapter 19, we can see God blinking all over the place. In fact, if we read it at face value, we're going to miss just a lot of things. But in reality, we live in a world that is trying to put Jesus in a box. What they want is a cookie cutter Christ. And the reality is, Jesus doesn't play by our rules. Can I have an amen? amen? We're going to sink our teeth into what God has to say today through His Word. And let me remind you, every time that the Bible is open, God has something to say. Amen. Luke chapter 19 is the beginning of what we call Holy Week or, or, or Passion Week, the week where Jesus would ultimately end up on the cross, dying for the sins of mankind, it's referred to as Passion Week because of the passion in which Jesus approached the cross. Aren't you thankful that he went to the cross on our behalf? Amen. Paying price for the sins of mankind. Luke chapter 19 begins with what is called the triumphal entry. And we're going to celebrate that here today. And by the way, prayer service this Wednesday night, 630, we're going to celebrate Easter communion as the Woodlake family. Be a part of our prayer service. Amen. Luke chapter 19 says, as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden and tied and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. And they were untying the colt. Its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, 
and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. If you read the other Gospels, in fact, the triumphal entry is actually in all four Gospels. It says they went out to meet him with branches. The Gospel of John specifically says palm branches. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Aren't you thankful that we serve a miracle-working God? Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God in the highest. The Gospel of Matthew records that they cried out, Hosanna, which simply means save us. Verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. In essence, shut them up. Verse 40, he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we sink our teeth into your word, we recognize, Lord, you have something very important to say to us. So, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that no matter matter if somebody came here to to, knowing that they're going to receive or simply here to punch the spiritual clock, I I pray that there would be no escape from you today. In Jesus' name, and the Woodlake family said, This morning, I want to talk to you on the subject donkeys rocks and tears all throughout this story you see god blinking something to us let me give you the context in which it was taking place at this point in time god's people were under roman occupation even jerusalem at this point so so ultimately the the roman empire allowed them to practice some level of religion some some aspects of their faith to a point does that make sense The reason why you see the Pharisees or the religious leaders of that day getting nervous, telling Jesus to, hey, have your disciples knock it off. Obviously, Jesus said, eh, I'm not going to do it right now. Was because of this. Anything that could be interpreted as anti-imperial or anti-Roman could have been met with a reaction from the Roman garrison stationed there at that time. Ultimately, what they were saying is, hey, We have enough religious freedom to do what we want to do, but let's not push it. Let's not live this thing out. Let me pause here for just a moment. We live in a world that's okay with us serving Jesus, listen to me, to a point. You can live out your faith as long as it doesn't offend me. You can live out your faith as long as it doesn't make me feel bad. I had somebody tell me that one time. They go, you know what? Well, I don't go to church because, because it just makes me feel bad. No, you make you feel bad. <laughs> so this was the context in which we find Luke chapter 19, the triumphal entry. There are three things from this passage of Scripture I believe the Lord wants us to get Today, God blinking all over the place. And the first thing is this, his kingdom is peace 
and we can experience it now. I, I love this. Verse 35 says they, they brought it, meaning a, a colt. Uh, if, you, if you look at this translation, it was the male foal of a, of a donkey. So, so a young donkey. And they, they, they brought it to Jesus through their cloaks on the colt, and they put Jesus on it. This was huge. And let me tell you why. Because the Jewish uh, people at that time were wanting deliverance from Rome. And what they were looking for was, was, was not, a, not, a, not a, simply a, a Messiah to come in peace. They were looking for a political Messiah. Oh my goodness. We live in a world that really wants a political Messiah. Everybody lean in. If, it, if this offends you, it probably needs to. The answer to this world's problems will never be found in the political system. Can I have an amen? amen? What we need is a savior to save us from our sin. Peace. Jesus, I, I love it. He refused to be put into some some. Box. He refused to let the narrative just simply play out. You see, they were looking for a, 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 a military leader, a political leader. And instead of coming in on a donkey, they would have put him on a, on a horse, in particular, a white horse. This would be a symbol of power, military power, military might. And I love that Jesus knew what was going to happen. Aren't you thankful that nothing catches Jesus off guard? Hey, there's a donkey tied up, up the way. Go get him. And they bring him to him. Uh, some, some passages say this, that he had never been ridden before. I find it interesting. Has anybody ever, any, any livestock people in the room, you ever tried to get on a colt that has never been ridden before? I've yet to see one say, ah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Cowboy Jesus, come on, somebody. I find it interesting. They just brought him to Jesus. You see, the donkey, in particular one of this age group, sent a message. It was God blinking all over the place. You see, a donkey was, was the mode of transportation for a priest or a man of peace. Are you with me here today? Jesus didn't come in on a, with this show of force. He didn't come in on a horse stating, I am here, here we go. No, this, this animal, this mode of transportation painted the picture of what Jesus came to do. And it was this, he came to bring peace. Can I have an amen? amen. If people were paying attention, they would have recognized what was going on. In fact, if you go back into the Old Testament prophecy, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 said this, Of the Messiah, rejoice greatly, daughters of Zion. Shout, daughters of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly, riding on a donkey. Y'all with me? If they would have known the word... Oh, let's stop here for just a moment. Know the Bible more than anything else. Woodlake family, can I challenge us with this? Let's be able to quote the Bible more than we can quote some political punchline. 
Are you tracking with me here? Pastor's preaching hard here today. Come on. I'll be nice next week, I promise. Okay? But know what the word of God says. If they would have known prophecy even foretold this, that he would come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. At some point, somebody in the crowd that claimed to be a follower of the one true God should have went, ha! Nobody. Peace. He came to bring peace in Woodlake family. I want to remind us, we can have that peace now. In the midst of a world that is falling apart, we can have peace now. Amen? In fact, if you go right here to the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 27, the apostle Paul says it this way, that his kingdom is of peace. John 14, 27, Jesus speaking of his finished work on the cross and the coming Holy Spirit says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Philippians 4, 7, the apostle Paul goes on to say, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace, peace, peace peace. This, this word is huge. In the original language, uh, um, let me say it this way. In the original language, this particular word for peace means this, peace even in the midst of a fight. That's why Paul said it, the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard. That, that word guard in the Greek, it, it means garrison, like a, like a military garrison, which nothing gets in and nothing gets out. Isn't it good to know that the peace of God garrisons my mind and my emotions? Come on, somebody. Anybody need the peace of God here today? That transcends understanding is what Paul says. That means in the midst of my life falling apart, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my battle, I can have peace. Someone may look at us and say, what is your problem? You should be losing it right now. Oh, but I can't. I have the peace of God, which goes beyond what's in my checking account. Come on, somebody. I have the peace of God, which goes beyond what my kids are telling me. Oh, come on, somebody. I have the peace of God, despite what I see on the news, which transcends understanding. I will guard my heart and mind because why? I am in Christ. Anybody thankful to be in Christ today? In the midst of a battle, in the midst of a battle, here's the second definition of that word peace, and that word peace is in all three of those passages of Scripture. It's peace as of a dead man. Now listen to me. How many, you know, you've heard the phrase, rest in when someone dies, rest in peace. They are finally at rest. How many of you heard that? Do you know why that is? Because the peace of God, when you and I operate and, and live within the peace of God, you realize to, to a dead person, you can't do anything to them. Are you tracking with me here today? They are at rest. Let me say it this way. A dead person is untouchable. Somebody needs to get happy in the house of God here today. 
Aren't you thankful that as a believer in Jesus, we have access to his peace, his kingdom is peace, and we can have it now. We need to stop operating by the world's kingdom mentality. Come on, somebody. It it, it operates, I got to have money, I got to have this, I got to have that, and this has to happen, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. We don't live in that kingdom. We live in his kingdom. That kingdom, the world's kingdom, will never have peace. His kingdom is peace, and let's rejoice. We can have it now. Give the Lord a big round of applause here today. Amen. Here's the second thing. Boy, this this shows us too, especially about the rocks crying out. We can celebrate Jesus and still fail to fully know him. (laughs) Have you been to a restaurant where they celebrate birthdays? Now, I'm going to out myself right here, so... Y'all be nice. I don't like going to a restaurant when it's my birthday. My wife will invariably have told somebody. And in the midst of me taking a bite, here comes the kitchen crew and the wait staff singing some song. Happy, happy birthday. You know, they're doing the whole thing, except for like the two waitresses on the end that are like, This is the 80th time tonight. (laughs) Some of you, you're getting ready to take me out to eat, and you're like, yep, we're going to say it's your birthday anyway. (laughs) No, I'll see you smiling over there. And you see the people that maybe they put the sombrero on or whatever. You know, I just want to eat my fajitas. I don't don't care. I kind of wonder if this is the vibe. You have the crowd just... Going into this celebration that, I, I don't know about you, but I hope when we get to heaven, maybe we can see, see this. I, I kind of wonder if Jesus' face was like this. Come on, folks. I mean, they were celebrating, and they were celebrating the wrong thing. They didn't know. They didn't know. Scripture says this, as they went along, the people spread their cloaks on the road, and they, they, they put them on, on, on this cult. These, these cloaks, in essence, when they spread them out, it was like rolling out the red carpet. It was like making a big deal about it. Does that make sense? It was, it was for a big show. goes on to say, in fact, Matthew and Mark and, and John specifically says they, they went out to meet him with, with palm branches. And they cried out, blessed is the king that comes in the name of the Lord. One version says they cried, Hosanna. Let's break this down. Jesus got ahead of them and, 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 and switched the, the horse for a donkey. I'm coming in peace. But they, they couldn't take it. No, Jesus. Happy, happy Jesus. I mean, they came out. They're throwing the cloaks on the ground, rolling out the red carpet. Man, they are making a show of it. Can I have an amen? Amen. Then they came out waving palm branches. This is interesting. Uh, uh, Palm branches in Scripture. There there are a couple of times you see palm branches being waved, and it's very interesting. In Revelation, you and I will get to worship the Lord with palm branches. Did you know that? Book of Revelation talks about what it's like when we stand before the throne of God. Now, that doesn't excite you, but listen. Palm branches in the Bible, one of the reasons they were waved is to signify the work is over. 
Now, I don't know about you. I'm excited for that day where we stand before the throne of God and the work is over. Can I have an amen? But the other place you see palm, brand, uh, palm branches being waved, it was customary for them to be waved at the end of a military victory. Now, everybody lean in. Remember what I said? They're under Roman occupation at this time. Jesus comes riding in. Oh, they're making a big to-do. Happy, happy Jesus, throwing the cloaks on the ground. Jesus, and then they come out to meet him with palm branches. I want you to stop and think about it for just a moment. They come out waving those palm branches in the face of the Roman garrison. We win. Our king is here. Now, I'm so thankful that we are victorious. Amen? Amen. Scripture says we are more than conquerors. Amen? Greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. Aren't you thankful for that? That no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Luke 10, 19, he's given us the authority over all the power of the enemy. I am so thankful for that. But they were waving palm branches, declaring victory. They thought they had to have the victory of, of that little battle. And Jesus said, no, I came to bring you a holistic victory. You don't get it. Then they cried out, save us. So you understand why the Pharisees were getting just a little nervous in that moment. Jesus, calm your people down. We got it good right now. We, 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 we have an understanding with, with the Roman government. You know, we're, we're able to be religious to a point, but, but don't rock the boat, Jesus. And ultimately, this is one of the only places in Scripture where you see Jesus just kind of let people off the leash. He just said, now, you know what? If they, if they shut their mouths, the rocks are going to cry out. Let them do their thing. I want to remind us here today that Jesus doesn't need our affirmation. Can I have an amen? I want to remind you today that he is still on the throne despite what some of our celebrities say. I want to remind you today that he's still powerful despite, come on somebody, who's in the White House. Can I have an amen? Yes. He's on the throne. E. Stanley. E. Stanley Jones, a Methodist missionary and theologian, said this. I don't have to defend Jesus. I just present Jesus and he is his own defense. Amen. Here's the last thing I want us to get. God's heart is broken for those who refuse to recognize what he came to do. I find it interesting. If you study what makes God cry. That's a powerful thought. You see, the very people that would cry Hosanna today, just a few days later, Hosanna, what does Hosanna mean? It means save us. Just a few days later, they would yell at Jesus, save yourself. Scripture says this as he came in. It says he approached Jerusalem and saw the city and he wept. Everybody say wept. 
He wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. You wanted a political Messiah. He says he wept. Jerusalem literally means this, city of peace. It is ironic that the city of peace had no idea what real peace was. Weep. He wept. He cried. This word in the Greek is not just simply Jesus uh, uh, getting a little misty-eyed. This isn't Jesus being able to just take out a little handkerchief and, you know. This word in, in the Greek literally means a, a weeping of a deep sorrow of a soul in agony. Let me say it this way. The fact that his people failed to recognize who he was and what he came to do devastated him. You're not hearing me here today, folks. If you are here today, and within the sound of my voice, you have no idea who Jesus is, I want you to know the creator of heaven and earth weeps over you. If you were here today and you've convinced yourself I'm simply punching my spiritual clock and I'm going to get out the doors unscathed once again, it breaks the heart of the creator of heaven and earth. It blows my mind that we have that type of an effect on him. He wept. If you only knew, maybe you're here today and you are tied up in addiction. God's heart breaks for you. If you only knew, if you're here today and you are an atheist thinking you've got, got life under control, his heart breaks for you. If you only knew, if you're here today and you're lost in depression and pain and suffering and you're trying to do it on your own, his heart breaks for you. If you only knew. You mean to tell me that when I just slide out of here and go live my own life, it bothers God? No. It devastates Him. Next week, we'll celebrate not just the crucifixion, what we will celebrate is the resurrection. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in if he stayed in the tomb he wouldn't be our savior but folks he rose again from the grave some of us are here today some of us are here today and you know what it means to be dead in your sin but you had an encounter with christ and you were raised to newness of life in him amen we're going to celebrate that next week bring somebody with you I, i'm telling you i'm i'm so excited for for next week there are going to be people here who are simply sliding in and sliding out of the house of God. I'm praying that God just gets a hold of them. Amen? In 1540 A.D., the eastern gate in which Jesus is supposed to have ridden through during his triumphal entry... was sealed shut. This was prophesied. As Jesus wept, he began to prophesy. He said, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you, hem you in on every side, 
They will dash you to the ground and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Forty years later, the Roman Empire would do just that. In 1540 A.D., Suleiman the Magnificent, Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, in an effort to send a message that the Jewish Messiah would never get in had the eastern gate sealed shut. I find it amazing to me that even non-believers believe a little bit. He's never coming back, but let's do some insurance. How many of us are there today? I really don't believe, but something on the inside of you, even though you've tried to seal him out, there's a pounding on the door of your heart. I want to invite you today to simply let him in. If you're here today, and maybe you'd say, I've never really known Jesus. You've known grandma's Jesus. You've maybe known some YouTube preacher's Jesus, but you have never had an intimate relationship with the Lord. I just tell you something, he wants to get to you today. Some of us are here today and we've tried to seal him out with addiction and attitude and, and supposed knowledge, lofty opinions, lifestyle choices. But in the midst of all of that, he's trying to break in. <laughs> I'm only chuckling right now. How many of you tried to keep him out and it just absolutely wore you slick? Come on, somebody. <laughs> How many Oklahoma people know what I just said, right? Yeah. All right, all right. No, we can read. Oh, uh, no, sorry. It'll wear you out trying to keep him out. Can I invite you to say yes to Jesus today? Some of us are in desperate need of peace. There's only one source of peace, folks. Some of you, like the people in Luke chapter 19, you tried to make Jesus into something he, he's not. Well, Jesus will just get on board with me. We're going to be okay. That's not how this works. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Maybe today's the day you get on board with him. Maybe you'd be honest and say, Jamie, I've worshipped him. I come to church, but I, I don't really know him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. If you're here today and you say, Jamie, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, I'm here to tell you, and as I tell you every week, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And maybe the events of your life up until this point have simply just been him going. Say yes to him today. But Jamie, I've sealed it off with bad decisions and regret. Can anybody testify in the house that God will break through and get to you? Raise your hands if that's you. 
Thank God. I'm going to invite you to say yes to him. Can I just have you bow your heads and close your eyes? The only reason I do this is just to, I just like every one of us to have a moment with the Lord. If you're here today and you just say, Jamie, man, that's me. I, I, I need to let him in. I need to let him in. I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to leave here forgiven and knowing I'm right with God. I've tried to do it all on my own, but today, today's the day. I'm going to quit trying to make him be the God I want and let him be the God I need to save me from my sin and bring me peace. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. We're all going to pray, okay? Every one of us. If you say, Jamie, that's me. I'm joining the family of God today. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm going to let him in today. Here we go. One, two, three. That's me. Would you raise a hand up? Thank you. I see it. Anybody else? If you're watching online, Pastor Dennis is right there. You let him know you're saying yes to the Lord. Anybody else? I'm looking across this place. Raise that hand up. Anybody else? I'm saying yes to Jesus here today. Amen. Amen. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. And if you're new with us here today, just let me be your pastor for just, just a just another 60 seconds. We're going to pray what we simply call the prayer of faith. I'm just going to help you say yes to Jesus. And we're going to trust the Lord to do the work. Can everyone say it? Dear Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died for me, for my sin, in my place. And today, I let you in. In Jesus' name, amen. At Woodlake Church, our passion is to help you connect with God, find your sweet spot in ministry, and grow in your faith. Everyone is welcome at Woodlake. If you've never been to church before in your life, or if you're a lifelong Christian, Woodlake is a place where you can experience real and lasting spiritual growth. Music is upbeat. The messages are straight from God's Word. They're very practical. We also have great programs for infants through 12th grade. I mean, we have something for everyone. Come check us out this weekend. I promise you'll be glad you did.